Welcome to this episode of Reddit Guy. The subreddit we will listen to today is called r slash petty revenge. Our first post of this episode comes from Occasional Mermaid and it's titled Keep Reporting Us Cause You Set Your Tent Up Too Close and You're Gonna Have a Bad Night. Dot. Every summer from May until the end of September my family, hubby, kid, me, and two other families, one with two kids and one with no kids, go camping about every other weekend or so. We always have a great time together, we camp close to the river so the kids can swim and the guys can fish. There are small rapids close by that we walk down to and float back to camp during the day. At night we build a bonfire and the adults sit around talking and having a few drinks while the kids pile up in a tent to hang out or go exploring close by with flashlights to see what is out at night. We always put our tents close together but as far away from the edges of the site as possible so we can have some privacy and don't disturb other campers. The campground rules state that quiet time runs from 10pm to 6am. We have been going on these trips for several years and never had any problems or issues with other campers or campground staff. Over this past summer we were camping and someone pulled into the campsite next to ours pretty late, maybe 7-8pm, but set their tent up on part of our site and immediately went into their tent. They had a kayak on their vehicle and we assumed they were gonna have an early morning so we didn't say anything about it to them since it was late dark and we didn't think it was a big deal. Fast forward to 10.05 and someone from the front desk comes to our site and tells us they had a noise complaint about our site. The guy said the staff making rounds didn't hear us or feel we were being loud but since they had someone call up there they had to come talk to us. We apologized for any issues we may have caused and agreed to be quieter in case we were disturbing anyone. Maybe half an hour later the guy comes back and says they had another call and asks us if we have heard any other people because he couldn't hear us until he got past our tents and thought maybe the complainer was accusing the wrong site. We kind of look around cause we haven't heard anyone else, there's a few other sites with people sitting around fires but we hadn't heard anyone however as we are glancing around I notice that our site neighbour is peeking out their tent at us talking to the groundskeeper. When he saw me looking he quickly ducked back into his tent his tent on our site and basically dry humping our tents, which is probably why he could hear us so easily. After the groundskeeper left I decided to look up the campground rules, nothing about lights out, just quiet time. So I took one of our bright ass shop lights and moved it as close as possible to their tent, turned it on and left it shining like a spotlight on their tent all night long. The next morning when we all got up they were gone. We were there for five more days with absolutely no issues. The next post from Existing Blackberry is titled Pop Figure War 2 to 2v2. This happened back in 2019 before COVID hit. My GF and I are on constant war against each other over pop figures. This time we enlist the help of our friends to get one up on the other. My GF and I went to see a movie but before we did we stopped by several shops in the mall, we stopped by Hot Topic and a friend of ours was cashiering today. We said hi and my GF saw a pop figure on the shelf, the Jack on Angel pop figure that was in Hot Topic exclusive. We asked him if he could hide it so we could come back for later, he agreed and put it behind the counter but warned us that he gets out in two hours and he would have to put it back when he leaves. Plot twist we took three hours to get back. My GF got worried and upset because we took longer to get back and saw it was gone. When we got home I made a joke saying, oh no too bad maybe next time, and then surprised her with it. Backtrack a bit. In the middle of the movie I excused myself to the restroom and called Hot Topic. Our friend picked up and asked him if he could get it for me and tell his co-workers to lie and say someone else bought it. He agreed and dropped it off at my house, he knows where we key the spare key. She was happy but angry as well that I pulled this. So her revenge.
Sometime later the My Hero Academia pops were released and I had them pre-ordered beforehand. When they arrived I got a call from GameStop saying I had 48 hours to pick them up. After that, they don't put them on display but if someone puts in an order online they have to give them the pops and they'll order new ones. I get paid in 4 days so I'll be able to pick them up then and thought no one would order them online. So after 4 days I went to pick them up and saw my Jeef's friend was working. I said hi and we talked for a bit before I asked for my pops. However she said someone had ordered him online the day before and they had to give them the figures. The cashier did say they could order more but I would have to pay in full for them right then and there so I did. Sad and bummed out I went home thinking to myself that I'd have to wait another week for them. I told my GF what happened and she laughed. She led me to the pop room and I saw them there. My GF went to pick them up the next day after I got the call from GameStop, hid them, and when I went to GameStop took them out of wherever she hid them and placed them where I can see them. And told me it was payback. Took me a while to realize what this was payback for. I hugged her kissed her and whispered, I will get you for this. As for the money I used on GameStop, I called and asked the cashier if she can transfer it to some pre-ordered games I had, and she did. The next post from Peck 1981 is titled Bust a Move, I'll Make You Bust a Blood Vessel. So, this afternoon I'm about to head off for the final part of a two-day drive, towing a trailer and with three dogs. Had stopped at Macca's for coffee, because I run on caffeine. Run the gauntlet that is the wind gusts, get in car, sort dogs out. Put car into gear, electric handbrake off, foot on actual brake. Check no one is coming, which is vitally important towing a trailer in a small car park, in the wind with concrete walls at the two trailer spots. On a slope, with speed bumps. Coast is clear and I start moving out. Slowly, carefully, I'm kinda fond of my 4WD and trailer and not paying excess because I hit a concrete wall. This idiot flies around as I'm two-thirds out and starts tooting at me. It's not like I suddenly pulled out, that would have been impossible. He honestly couldn't have gone around me so I keep going. He becomes irate, tooting, gesturing, high beam lights, the absolute works, being a narrow exit, and my full-on vehicle and trailer blocking it. I decided if he was going to get angry because he sped round a corner to find a larger vehicle utilizing the road fairly, but being unfairly rude to the other driver. Then I just have to ensure I earned his anger and wrath. I stopped. Put car in park. Hand brake on. And waited. And waited. And waited. I stayed waiting until another innocent vehicle came up behind him wanting to exit. Then I drove off. Be warned. If you are rude and in a hurry in small car parks, you might just have to wait. The next post from Luclest is titled Have Fun RTFM. Dot. Not my story but my ex's. I was dating my ex at the time however, and had met everyone in the story, as I had met my ex at this school, when I was doing a placement there myself. He was doing an IT placement at a local school. The IT department was him, a teacher who wanted to give it a try, and an area tech. The teacher was a quick learner, and him and ex got along pretty well. My ex even showed him how to play a few games teacher's nephew liked, so he could understand what he talked about more. The school computers didn't work the best however, so they spent a lot of time out repairing them. The it was in a few days a week, and they dreaded it. The best way to describe him was obsolete. This is the idiot who once took down the servers in the middle of exams, because the CD-ROM drive wouldn't read DVDs, so he was replacing it with another CD-ROM drive. The school ran a mix of Mac and Windows, Mac for students, the teachers mostly had Windows laptops. For this to work there was a lot of effort, extra servers and such. 
I'm not a tech, so I can't explain it too well, but it was a balancing act for things to work. Because of this, there was a manual, written by the IT department, so they could refer back whenever something went wrong and see how it was fixed last time. There was even multiple printed copies, whenever a new entry was added, it was printed out and put in the folders, so it grew as needed. Each entry was even dated, and the master copy was on the network. There was also no excuse not to read it. It refused to read it. Why? One of you will always be here. Why bother? Well, my ex's contract was ending soon, at the end of the year. He wasn't renewing it for various reasons. And Teach had gotten a better job offer at another school, for the next year. So they didn't tell at. They quietly made their preparations, and told him on the second last day, which was AT's last day. It, what am I going to do now? X, RTFM. It, what? X, ask Teach, he can explain. And walked out to fix a computer. Apparently Teach had fun explaining what RTFM meant. And handed him the version in two folders to rub it in. X heard from Teach the next year, they kept in touch, that it had called him a few times asking him what to do when things broke, and took great joy in telling him to RTFM, before hanging up. The next post from Batmanly1 is titled Rolling Dick Wagon. In the trades there's always that guy. The guy who's the best, in their mind anyways. Who never makes mistakes, always makes mistakes, who could do it all themselves if he wasn't extremely lazy. I've known a few of these guys, but this one irked me a little more than the others in the past really rude to apprentices, would claim work that was praised as his own to superiors and blame his mistakes on his apprentices. Would steal from the take-a-penny jar if there was a dime left, well I don't know this for sure but I'm assuming he would. Just really an awful guy to work with or around. Anyways, thank god I longer work with him but I see him all the time at our suppliers. Every time I do I stroll outside draw a big veiny triumphant phallus on his dirty work wagon. It's not much but brings me joy. I do it for souls of those apprentices he's abused so shamelessly. The next post from Crispinoir is titled A Petty Microphone Cold War with a Music Teacher. Dot. This was back in mid-2019, right when I graduated from high school. My school hosts annual last day of school concerts for students and frankly our school is notorious for its very unreliable sound system and a lack of musical equipments. There's always something either missing or broken so borrowing equipment from students is common and somewhat expected. On the day of, an 8th grade music teacher, let's call him Mr. Benny's, whom I never really met before asked if he could borrow my microphone for the concert, they needed extra. I usually lend my music stuff to the school concerts anyway, he knows this too so no biggie he could have it. They always come back in one piece and the school faculty are quite responsible with borrowed stuff. Except for this one time for some reason while I couldn't attend the concert, it came back with a huge dent on the steel mesh. The next day Mr. Benny's returned my dented mic nonchalantly and didn't even mention the very obvious dent there. He just handed it to me, said thank you and went back to his phone. I was the one to bring it up and told him it definitely wasn't there when I lent it to him. He said something along the lines of, oh I'm sorry, was probably one of the performers who dropped it, that happens all the time with kids. Ha ha. I told him it was still his responsibility even if he didn't drop it himself. He replied with, ah don't worry it still works though. It was gonna dent sometime anyway. No musician is without one ha ha ha. As vocally pissed off at him as I was he was right, most dynamic microphones drop all the time and the mesh will get dented eventually. It still works fine and you don't need to replace it. I probably shouldn't have lent something somewhat expensive to someone I don't really know either. Still, I was extremely annoyed. 
the next day, which was also the last day of school I waltz into the music room, that he is responsible for, sneakily snatched a pristine music room microphone, brought it to a classroom with no one in it and made it drop five feet right onto the ceramic floor. There was a loud clang upon impact and sure enough, it was quite dented but still works just fine. Besides, that was my very last day of school and no one saw me go in or out of those two rooms so all eyes should be on Mr. Benny's about that dented school microphone. Or no one would care about some dented mic. Whatever, still satisfied I could get an eye for an eye. Or steel mesh for a steel mesh I guess. The next post from M31TD0WN is titled Insult your head closer instead of give a raise. Yeah, sure, there's no way that'll backfire. Dot. In the late 90s I worked at a subway restaurant, specifically closing shift. That'll be relevant later. At the time I was paid somewhere between 7 and 8 bucks an hour, a good chunk more than minimum wage, and had me bringing my game every day. I knew it was just fast food, but I took pride in my work. I showed up early, always covered when people called in, followed the recipes, even the really anal stuff like two slices of black olive per six inches sub unless the customer specifically requests more, etc. By all accounts, I was a model employee. Plus since I worked alone I was the de facto shift supervisor. That's got to be worth something. I figured I'd ask the regional manager for a raise. Store manager didn't have the authority. The worst he can do is say no, right? Wrong. Turns out the worst he can do is insult me and everyone else that works there. He was in one day and I made my pitch. He just went off on me, raising his voice shy of a full yell and saying something like, if you were worth more, you wouldn't be working here. You're replaceable, now go away and don't ever speak to me again. I'm the regional manager, and I'm actually important, you just make sandwiches and scrub toilets. Again, not the exact words, but he did make those points quite clearly. I remember being shocked into silence at such a cartoonish display of arrogance coming out of a balding middle-aged man. First time I'd ever encountered a .50 caliber douchebag. I didn't even specify an amount, I just asked for a raise. He could have given me a nickel, or even made something up like, I'm sorry wages are set by corporate, I can't do it, and while I'd have been disappointed I'd have accepted it. But no, his response to the very concept of any raise was a pretentious, self-righteous indictment against the value of every subway employee that wasn't management. Or probably him specifically. I genuinely enjoyed working there, right up until that watershed moment. Okay cheese dick, if that's how you want it, fine. I'll get mine, one way or another. I take pride in my work, but seven something an hour isn't enough to engender any further loyalty after you so flippantly insulted me and everyone working for you. Up until that point I had been meticulous about everything I did at work. Like I mentioned earlier closing shift was a one-man show, which meant I had no supervision. My effectiveness was judged based on the accuracy of my inventory numbers, counting my till, my clock-out times, and whether everything was in order when the openers arrived in the morning. I knew a few tricks to offset inventory, which allowed me to take home food without it being noticed. Ring up a small soda is a cheese round since they were both 89 cents, etc. On a good night I'd take home a dozen or more foot-long subs. On a bad night, I'd just make sandwiches with the loaf of bread I brought from home. I'd also bring in a bunch of empty bottles or jugs, and fill them from the fountain after clocking out. I'd dump entire cambros full of meat, veggies and cheese into a bag to take home. Sometimes I'd bake an oven full of cookies with the express purpose of taking them, if I could do so without using up the rest of a box. Because a box with one raw cookie was counted the same as an unopened box. The moment he made it clear what I was worth to him, 
I started looking for a different job. If he'd given me a token 3% cost of living increase, it'd have amounted to maybe 25 cents per hour. They had me working around 30 to 35 hours a week, just below full time, so it would have amounted to under 9 bucks a week. Hell, he could have even offered a sincere apology and no raise and I would have kept on with it. Instead for the last few months I worked there, every single night I took home what probably amounted to a couple hundred dollars worth of potential sales. Every. Single. Night. At the time my friends and I, being late teens, early twenties, were still in the party phase of our lives. So every night I worked for those last months I'd roll up just as the party was getting wild, with a bunch of sandwiches, cookies, gallons of soda, etc. Those few months doing the bare minimum and sponging off that dead-end job were way more satisfying than giving my all for seven and change for an insufferable bag of septic slop. Today's last post from Buckkey 2015 is titled Getting Back at My Narcissist Family. Howdy folks of Reddit. I apologize now for my spelling and grammar. I just suck at those things. I am 24 years old and still live at home with my sister who is 23 years old. Yes I can move out but I am saving for a house. Growing up I have been the scapegoat of my family. So therefore my parents have been strict on my chores being done. My sister on the other hand is the golden child. Well anyway the deal growing up was that my sister can I take turns cleaning the bathroom once a week. However my sister has never cleaned the bathroom. I was always forced to do it I would explain this to my rents but they would brush it off. However my sister and I also share a car. Sometimes my parents drive this car if we have car issues with the other car. So what I did was completely trash the inside of our car. I mean the backseat was filled with used fast food wrappers, napkins, old tuba wear containers. As a garish I throw some of my clothes on top of the trash and had my dog cover the interior with his hair. I kept it clean to avoid bugs. Anyway my sister drove the car and was pissed. She had no choice but to drive this car to work. It also so happened that my father has to drive this car to work on the weekend and was livid. Not to mention I added the smell of citrus is the air fresher. My family hates the smell of citrus. My parents the other day screamed at me to clean my car. I told him that if my sister were to clean our bathroom that I would clean the car. I they cleaned it out once however I retrashed the car. This time I added my old holy socks. My family has had to use the car a handful of times and makes them sick each time they drive it. I am still waiting for a deal to be reached.